This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. If Terry Neal wasn't the manager of Arsenal, would you have stayed and why? Well, it's a, it's a bit of a question because um, if if he wasn't manager of Arsenal, would I went there in the first place? Right answer. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's a. Well, it's a no-brainer, really. It's um, uh, everyone knows. It's quite from my days at Stoke that I sh- I should never have left Stoke. That was just fiasco. Um, but uh, if I was going to go anywhere, uh, I'd have chose probably Arsenal or Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, I always wanted to play for Liverpool, but um, with Shankly. Um, but no, it's just it's it's. I, I don't really think. Paul, that people, uh, football people, supporters in general n- know really what goes on in football clubs, and yeah. it's um, it, how how Terry Neal. It's, it's strange. Strange enough, years later, when I went to live in East London, I I I used to drink with him and everything else. He apologised to me one day that you know that, that was by the by. Um, how how Terry Neal could actually manage. Which were then really two of the biggest clubs in Europe, Tottenham and Arsenal. It was just, it was incredible, really, how how he got the how he got them jobs. It was, you know, it's it was just, it's totally beyond me, and it took took me back to my my school days, and you know, being around people who knew quite a lot about football, and you know, my father and people like Tommy Tranter at West London and people like that, you know, it's just, you know, and the, the, you got these people in, and it's happening today, you know, you see them, to, you see them today and you, you go, all, all you do is you say, here we go again. But uh, no, uh, the sad, the, the saddest thing in my stay at Arsenal was I, I loved the club so much. I, I loved it from a kid. I played there uh, as a kid when I was playing for West London. I played against Charlie George when I was 13 and, it was a, you know, it was fantastic, and I, uh, and when I went there, the last time, it was actually the last time I scored in the football league. I think uh, before, you know, uh, I think it was the last time I scored in the football league at Highbury when I played for Stoke, and when I was out all night, and uh, and then I went there for uh, eighteen months, and I, I couldn't. I, you know, after I, I see on telly last week that it was a revisited match, and I nearly. I did have a shot. Go actually, but, <laughs> but no, it was it was tragic. It was the saddest thing was I, you know, the Arsenal fans. I whenever I go to North London, I I, I don't get embarrassed, but I I just think you know they never see the best of me really. 
but yeah. it, it was the ideal move and, and you'd says that you know um like leaving stoke um you know well joining stoke was a bit of a shock but leaving them it, it really just come out of the blue which was again another music reference because you, you, you love jeff lynn those times where out the blue had come out elo were in the pomp we got saturday night fever we got greece star wars we just got the back end of star wars there was lots of great things great music and arsenal arguably one of the greatest teams in english football and and that midfield and again the theme is if only and it's if only terry neal would have kept alan ball because you went with the you went with the intent and the idea that you was playing with Alan, not to replace well, uh, Alan, didn't you? Well, yeah, it was. Um, it was a case of once I really got over the uh, shock of leaving, because I, I wasn't even told by Stoke that I was leaving. I was told by Jimmy Robertson, who, who was an old Arsenal player, and he just called me. He'd been to that Stoke had played it, which I was injured and. Uh, and he, he called me that night and said he'd bumped into Terry Neal because he was at Arsenal with Terry Neal. And he said, they're, they're going to sign you. And I said, well, I'm not for sale. He said, well, you are. So the club, the club not even, they didn't even tell me. So, so it was, it was a shock. It was, I wasn't, at that time, I just, I was just uh, getting over a broken leg as well. I wasn't, I wasn't back to my best at Stoke at that time. And, uh, um, you know, it was as we we know by now. My relationship with Waddington was just so out, out of the ordinary, yeah. uh, and so I think by I think by then though, Paul, it was a matter of um, shocks. Didn't you know? Shocks were no longer shocks. Yeah. You know, I'd I'd had I'd had the England thing with uh, I'd been banned by Ramsey, had I for three years? I had a the running with Revy, uh, and I weren't. I was out of favour. You know, I was kicked aside by our, uh, by him again. Um, you know, I'd had the prob- problem with Chelsea before and and now. Uh, it was just it just it seemed like another day at the office. Really, here we go again. You know, but the the light the the, the as you say the light at the end of the tunnel was. Um, you know the the match against West Germany. I do. Alan Board always been my favourite midfield player, along with Sonny Curry, and uh, to get to play with him every Saturday was was a joy. But you know the one thing standing in my way was my injury. But uh, and I remember, I remember uh, hearing one night I was he called me into his office, Terry Neal, and he was in there with Wilf Dixon and they were talking about the team to play the, the next night and Alan Ball weren't in it. And I, I said, well, is he injured? I said, I haven't seen him in the team room. And he said, no, he's leaving. And, I, and the following day, I, I was walking through the corridor and, and Ball, he come through. He looked, he hadn't had a shave for a week, which weren't like him. He looked, he looked like he'd been on, on the booze and, and uh, he'd been in Blackpool. He looked like he was going to take over at Blackpool, and it was just dev- it was a devastating moment, you know. Which which should have been an absolute dream was a total nightmare it, if you'd have pictured us in the in the corridor that day. But you know, uh, it, it wasn't if if only moment. But um, you know, it's just what might have been as well on the football field. Me and Brady, I think, would have been the 
would have been the the best. I, I, they say Ball, Harvey, and Kendall were the best, but and then you know there wasn't the freeze after that. There was there was the Bremer and Gileses and people like that. Uh, me and Charlie at Chelsea and whatever. And there was a, there was always two in midfield, but as a midfield three, we would have, we would have been put down as and strangely enough, Bawley would have been in both of them, which was about quite right. And the song. Really, that um, fits into the pattern of things here is "Take a Chance on Me" by ABBA, a song that you love. And if only Terry Neal would have took a chance on Alan Ball, Alan Hudson, and Chippy, what a midfield trio! And I honestly think, because I mean, it's all right. You know, we can look back and we can all have opinions, but I do think that that midfield trio would have rewritten English football history. Well, I don't think there's any argument of anyone who knows anything about football. Anyone that's seen me, my former Stoke, anyone that had seen Alan Ball play for Everton, for England, and for Arsenal, and anyone that had followed Liam Brady would could argue that there's just no, you know, the the ability between the three of us because we were such, we were so different in everything we did and on the football field. I mean. Bawley were I were very much alike with, with the way we played the game. Um, you know, I always look at the five sides. We were we were we were like five side players. But Brady was a left-sided player, and he had that left foot, which uh, which no, I, I think only I can only ever remember Jim Baxter at Glasgow Rangers in, in Scotland having a left foot like that. It was like a magic wand, you know. Yeah. Um, so you, you, we had everything really, and uh, in that midfield, and and the thing is, in my writing, and you know, I think you know, I've got quite a good imagination. It's um, I can only imagine what the kind of performances that us three would have coming off the field after an afternoon that us three playing together would have been something really special, you know. Another great piece of your imagination is your uh, your love for, for film and, and theatre and the romantic side of Alan Hudson. And you could you could almost imagine yourself playing the part of a rock star in the uh, the film A Star Is Born and Evergreen by Babs. You can't whack at can you, Barbara Streisand? Well, Babs, well, you know, you know, who don't want to play alongside her and be a <laughs> fella and, uh, you know, uh, I love Christopherson as well. Yeah. And... Uh, that that film really did uh, say it all for me, and that was just around the time that I was. I think they made it just around the time that I, I joined Arsenal, and I remember moving in my home, and that was that was my song at the time. Evergreen was my song, and uh, um, yeah, that would that would have been a film to be in. Uh, you know, a star is born. So that time when. You were told that you were going to move and you didn't have a medical at Arsenal. You were injured and Terry Neal didn't believe you. And that really started off on, on the back foot rather than the front foot. Because Arsenal signing Alan Hudson, you were 25, you're in the prime of your career. You were you were arguably the greatest English midfield player out there. You know, it must have been an, an Arsenal, if you alluded to before, your dad used to take you down because he used to watch George Easton. He also took you to Spurs to watch a great inside forwards. And, and you know, that football club 
was just ready for Alan Hudson. What did you actually feel like, Al, when you first walked in there at Ivory? Well, it, it, it was a... Uh... It was the aftermath of, you know, them winning the double and there. It was, you know, that was a fan. That was a very, very underrated team. They were a fantastic team, the team that won the double. Um, it was a shame. It was a shame that John Rashford was gone. I, I loved him as a player. And it's obviously a shame that Charlie George had gone. Uh, and he, he had made his mark like, like Curry at Sheffield and me at Stoke. He had gone to Derby and you know, really made a mark for himself. But um, it was the mar- marble halls. Anyone would tell you to play for us to walk in the marble halls was very, especially when you've been in Stoke. You know, you know the Stoke would run down and <clears throat> backwater club. Um, and, <clears throat> and there you are, where you started as a kid, as a thirteen-year-old. And you know, as I say, it was it was the, the saddest the the, the the sad thing there was that I wasn't fit, and uh, you know, the, 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 it was like there was no there was no glitter for me. If, if, if that's the right thing to do, I yeah. couldn't. I didn't. Just, I couldn't just walk in. It's like I did at Stoke and um, and make my debut properly. I, I remember making my uh, Planet Ivory one day when Peter Marinella made his debut in the as a new George Best, and I was playing for Chelsea. And uh, you know they were cramped round him, and it was the, the debut, the big debut, and all that. So there was none of that. It was all yeah. And and when you think that they signed me, and I was a record signing in 1974, and to, uh, for for quarter of a million, and two years later they signed me for less money. Yeah. And I was a better, I was a ten times better player than when I left Chelsea. Mm-hmm. So you know, it didn't really make any sense. Uh, it just shows to show that how how badly Stokes that he needed the money to fix that roof. Uh, but um, again, it's it's just um, it, it should have it should have been a dream. It should have been a real dream move. Uh, you know they had the best at one time best goalie in the world in Pat Jennings. Um, Pat Rice was still there. He was the captain of the double winning team. Um, um, well, he took over that Frank was, but he he he, he kind of was Pat. Um, my old mate Geordie Armstrong was still there. So the, the, the you know Frank Stapleton was there before he joined Manchester. Like Super Mac was still knocking them in. Um, they had the nucleus of a championship-winning team, but, uh, but it just goes to show that the manager, you know, uh, his, his inability to be a manager, that, that they were struggling. They were they, they were halfway up the table. And, uh, you know, they only need to tinker with a team because keep Alan Ball and that I could see there being a championship-winning team again there. Because that's all great teams need to do, isn't it? Just buy in one or two players to tick it over, to tinker with it a little bit, to to just fine-tune it. Instead of bringing in an array of different players that you think, oh, I'll have him, I'll have him, I'll have him, I'll have him. And you you think, well, how are you going to gel them into a team? It's quite ridiculous. I must say that um, I often wonder why Terry Neal bought me, how it came about. How he planned it, or did he after the game? Was he just having a drink in the players' bar or wherever they were? 
when he bumped into Jimmy Robertson and, and the conversation come up that my name come up, what why is Nudson playing? Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, Jimmy must, might have said the roof fell off and, you know, they're going to sell players. And I don't know if that was what brought the combat. I'm not privy of the conversation. Yeah. But I, would, I would really like to know how it come about because... It kind of, um, it's a little bit, I always say, like the old marriage uh, scenario, you know, girl girl meets boy, fall in love, get married, and then they want to change them, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and that was kind of the scenario. You know, why buy someone and uh, fall out with them? You know, uh, it, the quite quite the opposite happened with me at, at Stoke. You know, he, he bought a broken down player and turned him into a real player. Now I had, I had the opposite effect on on the manager. There it was all. It, it it really does tell you the full story of what went wrong at Arsenal, because it was all about Terry Neal, and that that was the way he wanted it. He wanted everything to revolve around him from from sending us home from Australia. Uh, it just go to the extreme to get his his name in the newspaper. It seemed that it was all about it. He even walked about the place as if he was bigger than the club, and there, there's no ma- there's no one man bigger than any one football club, and it, if there was, it wouldn't be Terry Neal. Serbian media again, a great song. As, as you'd left Stoke, it had been number one, I believe, and it was falling from the charts. Uh, if you leave me now, by Chicago, and you'll take away the biggest part of me. You know that lyric in that song. In effect, that's what you and, and Jimmy did to Stoke. You did take away the biggest part of Stoke City. You you then went to join Terry Neal. You then went over to Australia and played a few games in Singapore as well, didn't you? And and then yeah. you you left you left them again because he sent you home. But he didn't send you home at the beginning. He sent you home. What was it? Twenty three, twenty four hours before the team went home. Yeah. So what what he was trying to say. God only knows, and what he tried to do with that team, only Terry Neal can can tell. But sadly, if Don would have been there from the get-go, I think things could have been a lot different, is my understanding, from what you've told me. So let's talk about that Australian trip. <laughs> How did it go? Well, the, the, the trip was... The trip was... Uh, I, I love tours. I love yeah. touring, and I... You know, there was no bad... You know, it's... Uh, 
it was a little bit different touring with Arsenal than touring with Chelsea because we were the perfect touring team. Yeah. You know, uh, with our, we had a, their own, our own kind of rat pack and, uh, you know, you know what times are going to be like when you're aboard. But, the, you know, what a, what a wonderful trip, Singapore, and uh, then on to Sydney, which was quite fantastic. And uh, that's when I linked up really with Geordie. I was pretty close to Geordie anyway, but that really brought us together. And I was roommates with Malcolm. And uh, But that was that was a trip that kind of broke the camel's back, so to speak. And uh, I think he was... Uh, we we were we were free players. Geordie had done it all. He'd he'd won the you know he'd never played for England. He was he was one of those players that you know incredibly never played for England. Um, but he he'd won the, the double. You not many people can boast doing that. Ma- Malcolm was leading goal scorer. We all know about Malcolm McDonald. How, you know how how brilliant a goal scorer he was. Um, and uh, there was me, so it was us three against Terry Neal. We see that it was an ongoing battle of it, and he was watching our every move. And every time he watched our move, we made sure that it was a wrong move. Yeah. So it was like a, a game of chess backwards. Yeah. Um, and it was it, it was the inevitable what happened. He was he sent us home, which was it was quite crazy. And uh, you know it. This, the the oddest thing on that trip was um, Glasgow Celtic were there with us, and I got I got to know uh, Jock Steen, the great Jock Steen, very well while while I was there, and I, you know, it was just just such an honour to meet people like that, and you know, on one hand you had Jock Steen, and we we you know he even come up to us one day when we were sitting by the pool, and he he said I can't help notice you. You don't really get on with your manager, and we we told him the story, and, uh, and from then on, uh, we got a little bit closer. Um, but uh, to be on a trip with the probably the best, one of the best managers in the world, and one of one of the worst managers in the world was quite something, you know. I think it's kind of it told the story on its own. Yeah. Um, and uh, again, you uh, you wonder, you know, if Jock Steen would have been our manager at Arsenal, you know, what he would have done with that side, you know. He he would have, I mean, if you just give Jock Steen, you know, Brady, Hudson and Ball, uh, I think Jock would have, I know what Jock would have done. So what actually did you do fundamentally wrong that made Terry Neal send you and Malcolm back home? And, and why didn't he send Geordie as well? Because you were a trio there, as you've alluded to. Well, it was, um, you know, it all come. We, we'd had a couple of run-ins, and um, we 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 flown from Sydney to Melbourne, and uh, on the for the third leg, and then this was the last leg to play one game in Melbourne, and then come home. And uh, we flew through the night, and I remember getting into the hotel in in Melbourne, and the rooms weren't ready, and we sat all sat down on a long table, was all very tired through the trip. And uh, it was about, I don't know, it must, it could have been about four o'clock in the morning, five, something like that. And then the news come along that we were training it about 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock or something. And then I turned around to Malcolm and I said, uh, I said, who thinks I'm training? He's got another thing coming. I said, I said well, you don't do this. I said, we've, we've finished, we've had a long, although I didn't play the whole season. You know, these boys have played a long, hard season. We're on tour. 
yeah. what's he want to train for, you know? And uh, I said, I'm going to send down a couple of sleeping tablets from Fred Street and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a, a couple of drinks and I'm going to bed. I'm going to have some sleep. I said, we haven't slept for a day and a half. And uh, he said, good idea, Ralph. So he's my roommate. And next thing you know, we sent down the sleeping tablets. We ordered a drink. I ordered a vodka and orange or something. He had a gin and tonic. And the uh, next thing you know, uh, a message come up that our, our tickets were ready to get on the next plane the following morning. Cool. And then uh, we went in and we were we hadn't even unpacked our bags. So we, we weren't packing our bags. We, we, we just went in and we took something out of our bag. We had a shower to go in, you know, um, no, we was we was we were just going to have a sleep, weren't we? And uh, Geordie came in and uh, he was screaming, and we had to slow him down. What what's what's wrong? He said, "I've just heard what's going on." He said, "I've chased him up up and down the corridors. I've chased him into his room." He says, "I've told him if you're going home, he says I'm going home." He says, "It's not it's not right." He said, "I've told him that everything that you two have done wrong, I've done wrong because I've been with you." So, but it was he was too. He was too shrewd in that way, Terry Neal. He knew that if he'd have sent Geordie home, that they wouldn't have believed there was something wrong. Yeah. Uh, they would have smelled a rat there because uh, Geordie was the ultimate professional. He was uh, he was loved at Highbury. The fans wouldn't have wouldn't have wouldn't have uh, they would have went, they wouldn't have went for that one that Geordie Armstrong had broke the rules because he he never. He never got a black black mark on him on the whole time he was there, and he was there for about twenty five years. So he he got out of that one. So he was very upset, Geordie, that he he weren't sent home with us. And uh, so you know, it was all. Let's let's just say I, I watched the film uh, the other week, The Irishman, and I thought about our script and. You know, you you got people like Jimmy Hoffa. They took Jimmy Hoffa out. I mean, uh, he was very, very lucky, Terry Neal, to come back off that trip, uh, you know, as we know. Because uh, there's people over in Sydney that wanted to finish him off, you know. And also, do you think there was anything to do with the conversation that you'd had with Terry on a on a previous flight, where there was a bar upstairs and you could only go up? But was it one by one or two by two? It was like Noah's Ark, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Noah's Ark upstairs. Yeah, I don't know how the elephants got up there. But, uh, yeah, it was just it was a he said it was a first class bar was upstairs. He yeah. said and, uh, it, and he kind of it was just in in it that us three, you know. He said that, and you know, we could have went up in freeze. There, there, there weren't a problem because when we got up there, was it wasn't the biggest bar in the world, but there was nothing to stop us going up in freeze. He yeah. just wanted to be, you know, nasty again, really. Um, and uh, he said, go up in pairs. And uh, so Geordie said, well, you two go up. He said, I'm not too bothered. He wasn't a big drinker, Geordie. Mm. And uh, it, Malcolm and I went up and we came down and. Uh, about an hour had gone by, and I, I took a walk along the plane, and uh, I was talking to Danny McGrain, the, the the Celtic captain, and uh, and up up came Jock, and uh, I said to him, "You've been upstairs, Governor," and he went, "No," he said, "What?" Well, because he's an, uh, I believe he's an ex-alcoholic, Jock. Right. Yeah, I think I think so, and uh, uh, oh, they didn't drink. I said, "Come well, come upstairs, come on." 
and so we went we went back so i wasn't allowed to go up there twice because you know we've been told so uh, we were there and i, I knew what was, i knew what was going to happen i was having a lovely ch chat with jock i was in oh i mean uh, i was close to heaven when i'd been on a big Boeing right up, right up high in the sky. I mean, standing with Joxine, and he reminded me so much of Waddington. It was untrue. It was like I was with standing there with a pair of them, and then all of a sudden, I just see this head pop up from the from from the stairs, and and he said, "You do realise you've been up here once." And I looked at Jock, and he looked at me, and he kind of kind of got the message, you know. Really, is that is that what happened? You know, and. Uh, and I just said, Terry, no, I just, I just needed a moment. It's been that long since I've seen a decent manager. Uh, and oh, his face was like, and then and Jock looked at me and he went, I don't think you should have done that. I said, well, what do you, what do you expect me to do? You know? Uh, so, you know, that, and uh, that was just enough. So that was, that was kind of uh, the last time I spoke to him before we got the Melbourne. And, uh, and the next time was, um, when he when he sent the message along that we were going home, and then the story broke in the news of the world, but he tried to prevent that coming out as well, didn't he, Terry? And um, that didn't go too well for him either, did it? Well, it was um, we we had our own we had our own corners. Uh, Malcolm knew his people in the press, and I knew my people in the press. My 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 paper was the Sunday People, and Malcolm's was the News of the World, and. Uh, Two old, two old, good old journalists. Brian Madley was the Sunday People, and Ken Montgomery was the News of the World. And, yeah. uh, so he, he, first of all, the first calls we made were, were to home uh, to say that to, to be to be picked up, and uh, because we were coming home early, obviously. And then uh, the second call was uh, well, we t I think I told my missus to call Brian Madley and get him to call me. So the so that the following morning about I think that I was in my local pub about six o'clock in the morning in the Park Tavern. Um, I was picked up by the daughter of uh, the, the the lady at the run the Park Tavern at, at Heathrow, and uh, she ran me straight to the pub, and we did we did the deal about you know because it was big news. There was you know it was like. Uh, it wasn't quite like the Beatles coming coming at Heathrow, but it was packed, you know. Mm -hmm. And they rushed they rushed us off, and uh, I I done my deal, and uh, it, it was it was quite stupid, really, because he he fought by fining us two weeks' wages that he was hurting us, and and he suspended us, and all all what goes with it, and and there we were. We was and we, I got about a year's money. From what I was earning at Arsenal for being sent home, uh, so uh, he, he really—I would say—it was a massive own goal he scored there, and and obviously, you know, he what 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 hurt me about it was he dragged Arsenal through the mud when he shouldn't when he shouldn't have done it was something that was very trivial, uh, but he did he did try and stop uh, my piece going into the people. I, I went up, uh, I see Madley and. And because uh, I used to spend some time in Fleece Street, that summer I, I went up to see Madeleine and he said, oh, he said, we had your boss in. I said, oh, yeah, what do you want? He said, well, he went in to see a fella called Neville Holden was the editor and his good old Geordie Neville, he was a lovely fella. And uh, he tried, to, he said, I've heard you doing a thing on Hudson. He said, I think I, I want it stopped. 
and uh, Neville told him, he said, look, uh, you can't even run your own club, he says. You can't even do your own things right in your own office, so don't come in my office. He said, well, otherwise there'll be a problem. He says, if you don't, he says, if, if you don't get out this moment, he says, I will cancel Hudson's article and I'll... To listen to the rest of this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com forward slash SRB Media or just follow the links in the description. Thank you. SRB Media. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.